You're listening to College Recruiting with Jill Hicks. I have a question for you. Are you feeling overwhelmed by the college recruiting process? You have come to the right place. Jill will bring you expert tips and interviews with special guests to help you take a deep breath and know, yes, you are moving in the right direction to find your college team. After this podcast, don't forget to head to Jill's shop page to purchase her two guidebooks that will make everything in college recruiting much more clear and simple. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. This is College Recruiting. I'm Jill Hicks, and I have a JH mom here with us today, which I absolutely love because I feel like with parents, um, parent to parent, it can feel so much better to understand what did they go through and knowing that in this situation, this athlete, this JH girl did find her right fit. It actually was her dream school. I looked back at my notes and I noticed that that's what she told me her dream school was, was Temple, and that's where she ended up. So um, it wasn't easy. And what I really loved about this mom who's going to share today um, was her total honesty and um, desires for her daughter and how we had to push to get her to, to uh, Temple in a way. We had to teach her daughter how to have a voice and really um, show herself to to Josh at Temple because it was very competitive and it came down to quite a few girls for that, what I think was pretty close to the last spot and opportunity. So welcome, Kathy. So glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I want you to feel as comfortable as you can in sharing your um, what's exciting too here with Kathy is she has two daughters who were gymnasts and you were a gymnast, right? I was. Awesome. I was. I did D1 gymnastics at Northeastern when they had a team. Oh my so lots of fun. I have another parent yesterday. I met with a family and she was also a college gymnast. So it's kind of fun when I think it's generationally passed down. And I mean, did you always dream of having your daughters do gymnastics and be college gymnasts one day? Never. I, I really didn't. And, and because gymnastics is such a hard sport and it's a marathon, it, there's nothing fast about it. And it's, it's sometimes a love hate relationship with the sport days that you love going in and you get a new skill. And then all of a sudden there's a grind because you can't get the next skill or you're working hard and the, the progress is sometimes so slow. Mm -hmm. So a saying in our house for years, two feet in, two feet out, one foot in, going into the next season. Wow. Are they committed? Do they want to try different things? I always gave opportunity because not only is it a big commitment on their part for uh, training and time, but it's financially uh, a commitment for the families and then time bringing kids to and from gym. So I was always very open to trying other sports or whatever they wanted. And they just kept going back. So you're saying year by year as a family or as conversations, you know, happened, you always voiced that to them. Yeah, I did because I wanted them to be happy. And just because I was a gymnast, I never wanted them to feel that, oh, mom did so I should or anything like that. Their journey is their own private, personal experience. And I always wanted to support that. Wow. I love that. 
you know, there's a lot of pressure when mm-hmm. you're an athlete, and especially as you move towards level 10 in college, mm-hmm. there's an expectation that they begin to in, engage in even more and more every single year. And they, as girls, are pleasers oftentimes. Yes. So I think what happens with some families who have, have no sporting background experience, they're afraid to have that conversation because they think it'll encourage them to quit, right? Mm-hmm. And we feel so responsible as a mom and dad to help them achieve goals and on those bad days, keep them in whatever they're doing, whether it's mm-hmm. sport or music or art, because we know as a parent, they have good and bad days and we don't want them to ever quit just because it's been a rough patch. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like what you just described. Yeah. And I, I, I feel that, uh, you know, there's, there's also got to be balance. So during their, their training, if they felt they needed just a day to be off, or I just said, sure, you need a mental health day to just take a break yep. or a day that uh, they had more homework than they could fit in around their schedule. That was always a priority academics first and, and, you know, gym family second, and then gym, you know, it, it, uh, it was a balance and I feel like they needed that. I love that. Okay. So let's jump right in and talk about um, your, our, you know, there's just a few things I really want to touch on because I think so many families I meet with are going through exactly what you and Megan went through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to, I want you to also share, we talked about this earlier. Um, your older daughter is been at Brockport. She's a senior now, fourth year. She, well, she is. And yeah, she is. Okay. So I'd love, I think families would really um, be encouraged to hear that it's not all rosy and that mm-hmm. she's been through a lot, even at Brockport, but that it's been a good fit for her. Mm-hmm. and what D3 is all about. So maybe let's start there, then we'll move into Megan. Now, I did not work with your older daughter at right. all. Um, right. You actually hired me late in the process with Megan. You know, mm-hmm. it was, <laughs> what, September, when was that? October of- I think so, a yeah. Month, just, a month ago. Yep. yep. And, and Megan um, is currently a senior. So we're gonna share a little bit first about your older daughter's experience D3. Can you give parents just some feedback on how that's going and how she likes it? Sure. So um, so Emmy and Megan trained together. Um, Emmy's, Emmy was a little bit of a late bloomer and she had a phenomenal senior year, but her senior year, she decided to remain a level nine and compete with her sister. So they both did level nine for one year. And um, it was super exciting for both of them. Um, and as we navigated her senior year, Emmy, Emmy was a, um, an athlete who wasn't convinced she wanted to do college gym at first. So she knew she would be looking at D2, D3. Okay. So we, we went to a lot of schools. Um, we watched a lot of meets. Um, and it wasn't until I think January or February where she decided to co- commit to Brockport. She just felt like that was a, a great fit for her um, academically. Um, location was further than she ever thought she would go, but it she 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 has had a great experience. Um, I would say her freshman year was fabulous, um, and then the pandemic hit, and so that was a, a pretty big uh, game changer for them. So they came home, um, you know, spent whatever time it was at home. They went back. And they didn't have a season. So I know some of the D1 teams did have a season, but uh, D3 did not. Oh. 
So she uh, and her teammates um, decided that they were going to continue to, to train and to exercise and do what they could on their own. So they would go out to like the football field on the lines and do what they called grassnastics and try to keep things going. They also had a coaching change in the midst of that. So when they did get back to training again, it was in a much different environment. Um, but it's really been great for Emmy academically. She was able to complete her uh, degree in three years. So she's actually doing her master's this fourth year. So the academics is always what we focused on because gymnastics can change and it can be a challenge. It can be you know, lost to injury. There's a lot of things that can change. So she's really had a great experience out there despite adversity from pandemics, um, just adjusting to coaching changes. Um, but I think for, for D3 programs, the energy, the team building, the team bonding, the dinners, the apparel, the travel, it's all so similar. Mm. Um, they went to nationals last year. So we got to see East and West and just so much energy and fun. I don't, I, I, I think it's so important to realize that gymnastics, uh, the talent is deep. And so no matter the division, it's competitive, mm. it's competitive. And, and they're, they're all doing very similar things mm -hmm. in the gym. I love that. That's a great synopsis. Thanks for sharing. Cause I think D3 really gets a bad rap sometimes in terms of what it's all about because it's not on TV. They're hard to find their meat sometimes online. So families <laughs> and gymnasts don't really know what to expect and it's not talked about as much. So mm -hmm. this is very, very helpful. Um, so um, with, I think since the pandemic, that's gotten much better. There's a lot of live streaming going on okay. and they have been, I forget, but it's like ESPN two plus or something. Oh. So we, we were able to watch Emmy. Oh, cool. uh, yeah, so that was kind of exciting too. Oh, that's good to know. I didn't realize yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I heard nationals was amazing. Um, and that's a lot of energy and excitement and so many girls, JH girls that went just to watch, mm -hmm. to see what it was like, said they were pretty blown away by the, you know, just the excitement mm -hmm. um, of the teams and the camaraderie was just incredible. Yeah. So Emmy started with eight uh, freshmen in her class. And she currently lives with those eight freshmen in a house and um, the dish, the bonds are are pretty incredible. Oh, wow. So they stayed yeah. on four years. They did. Okay. They did. All right. So then comes younger sister, Megan, mm -hmm. and give us a little taste of what it was like. I mean, in my notes, as I was reading back, what you had been through before you hired me, um, I, I noticed a lot of her scores, I went back and looked, were between 9.2 and 9.5. So she was mm -hmm. a solid gymnast. Mm -hmm. She made it to nationals last spring. So mm -hmm. 22, she competed at JO nationals. Um, her desire was division one, but she was getting most of her offers from D2. Is that right? D3, D, no, D3. We, did, oh, we didn't have a lot of response from D2. All right. And we know there's only five schools, D2. So mm -hmm. I guess and, some, kind of and some were some were not academic fits for her. So we did we didn't explore that. We when we started this um process for her, we basically put together a, a spreadsheet. I went to national road to nationals mm -hmm. where they list all the all the teams yeah. and kind of looked at where 
I thought Megan's academic wheelhouse would be. And then who had gym teams and kind of put a list together. And we picked through, I had her go online and she looked at the academics because she's, she was somewhere between exercise sciences and in business. And so, so we had to look at sort of a wide range of academics. And um, so we put that spreadsheet together. And I think like most kids, she started to email and, and narrow down um, as we visited, because we did visit a lot of schools between Emmys recruiting and our oldest son was a baseball player. So um, he, he played. Um, And then anytime we went to a meet, if there was a college nearby, we would go and see it. Even if it was just a drive through campus, we just went and said, I remember our first meeting and thinking, you guys have been stellar in how you walked her through all the things that I would have recommended had we been together. You know, you really got on those campuses. You Mm -hmm. really had some interaction with coaches. But in Amy, I mean, in Megan's eyes and heart, I could tell it was like, but I really want division one. It was just this burning. And, and let's remind folks, she was a level 10 gymnast, not just level nine here. Correct. But, and she had some good scores, Mm -hmm. but she wasn't getting right. A lot of attention from these D one schools. And her dream was temple. If I remember right. Yes. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, it was. I never saw a a, a a face light up like hers when we walked onto the campus. And so I, I said to her, if gymnastics is not a possibility because of a situation or reason, can you, can you be here? Can you go to school here academically and be happy? She said, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, and when you get, when you have um, interaction with coaches, um, she, she did work um, on that with him and emailed and just, even if she didn't have the videos to share, just update, I'm, you know, kind of, I'm still here and I'm still Temple's my favorite. Um, she had top three that she really would have been pleased to go to. Right. And, um, and it's, it's so hard when, okay, so let's, let's back up because why okay. did you hire JH Consulting then? Cause you guys had, you, you're pretty savvy. You were a college mm-hmm. gymnast yourself. You had a daughter who had gone through it. Why did you get to that point where you're like, I think I'm going to give Jill a call? Because I I got to a place where I didn't know how to, I didn't know that final step. I didn't, she had been talking to several schools and then crickets. We didn't hear anything. And I thought, what do you do? She continued to email, but didn't hear back. So am I, am I missing something? Do I not know how, how, how to help her? And so that's when I enlisted you to say, are we doing everything we should be doing? And, and how can you be sort of a conduit between the the coaches and Megan? And quite honestly, in those moments when parents do hire us at at their senior year, the last, the last moment of maybe recruiting for them, I think what's so helpful is when I see the desperation, sadly, on the parent's face or the athlete's face, they've done all this work. But they just don't know because they're getting crickets. Whereas I had already had two girls who had committed there. I was in close contact with Josh. I kind of knew what he was looking for. And just that information alone, I think helped, even if it wasn't what you wanted to hear, it felt like, okay, okay, this Mm -hmm. is kind of what we heard from Josh too, or this is now confirming that, okay, they do only have maybe one spot left. These Mm -hmm. are the events they're looking for. And I see such relief on the athlete when they feel like, okay, now I, I really do believe in what I'm sensing. 
or, or now I'm getting a little more details of what's going on on the inside. And that can actually be even more motivating, even mm-hmm. though it's not what you always want to hear. It's at least information, right? Right. And, and at, at one point yeah. when she was one of the, you know, sort of the remaining um, um, athletes sort of on his list, how, how, how do you get yourself noticed or what is it that I can do differently? What are your reservations? And with your encouragement, she, she asked those questions. She asked the tough ones that I think she was like, that's forward of me. I said, yes, it is. And you're going to do it. Yeah. 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 Megan didn't want to step on anyone's toes. No, she was a rule follower. Absolutely. And that's just how she's wired. And I could see Mm -hmm. and feel that in her. So when I gave her those list of questions to ask or just said, hey, Megan, you got to be aggressive. You know, this is the time. Got to do it. You know, right. you're competing for that last spot. Mm-hmm. And if those girls are doing more than you, it could just be, you know, I explain all the time that when I was a head coach and we would have staff meetings and it came down to one last girl on our chalkboard or list on our whiteboard, and it was between three girls. It would have just been whatever we felt that day in our staff meeting was the direction we were going to go. It wasn't Mm -hmm. that one girl was that much different or better. And if we had more contact or emotional connection to one of those recruits, and as we were talking, just like in any staff meeting, any business world, it it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And I tell kids this all the time. So you either have to get in front of them, you have to Mm -hmm. go back and visit, you have to make direct phone calls, encourage more text messaging, you know, all the things. Yeah. If you're in the game, you need to realize most gymnasts want to come into the gym, get their assignment, do their job. Like that's what they've been taught since they were level eights, right? Mm-hmm. And now you're telling them as a recruiting advisor, no, you need to step out. You need to have a voice. You need to say, this is what I can do for you. You know, and they're looking at me with these big eyes going, that sounds like I could get in trouble for that, you know? Yeah, right. And, you know, I, I just remember um, one of our sessions where Megan was in tears, you know, and she was tired. And mm-hmm. I could tell that she felt like she was on that verge of um, just fatigue, really, recruiting fatigue. I would mm-hmm. call it. I would agree. Mm-hmm. And she still had that glimmer of desire and hope, and she was willing to do whatever I asked her to do, no question. But I could tell, I said to you as a mom, I said, okay, I need you, Kathy, to step in and really help here now because I can see Megan just feels so defeated. She feels mm-hmm. so discouraged. It was, like you said, it was a lot of crickets, and she just really needed. You know, do you remember that meeting? I do. It was like, I need you to step up for Megan. And you were like, I got this, you know, and not speak for Megan. That wasn't what I was trying to say, was it? It was more just like, you've let Megan do all the hard work and great kudos. You know, she has done all the things, but there were just some areas where I was like, okay, now it's time for Kathy to take the ring, give her a little break. And I, and I think as a parent, it, it is a juggle because you don't want to be the pushy parent, right. but 
you have to remember that. I mean, they're still juggling high school. They're still juggling training and Megan drives 45 minutes, one way to practice or 50 minutes. So she doesn't have a lot of spare time. So when she comes home and, you know, you can gently say, Oh, did you, did you follow up on your emails? And she's (laughs) like, Oh, no mom, but I'd like to eat shower and do my homework. And I said, okay, but it, it, it will take you two minutes. And, and it's that balance of not trying to be pushy, but supportive because you don't want opportunity to slip by, but you don't want to overwhelm them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that to be, I feel like I'm a pretty laid back person and, and want her to learn because in life you have to advocate for yourself. And I feel like, yes, there was a time where she was just seeing her little dreams slip away. And did I do everything? Mm-hmm. And when you told me, yep, step in, I thought, okay, here we go. I'm going to do sort of what I can do to help her in, in our, in that moment, he had a camp coming up and I said, I think we need to get you down there again because she's fun. She's personable. She's, you know, yeah, she, she wanted to be there. And so, um, yeah, that's what we did. Brilliant. And that I would say we knew the camp was coming. You were going back and forth. There was a lot of reasons to go, not go you know, and I remember we had that discussion and then you took her and sometimes those camps, you know, like I said, you know, these coaches are just human beings, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes it can just be after a camp, they have a staff meeting and they hear from the girls and it's like, we got to go with Megan. You know, it's like, you don't know for sure. I mean, I, I didn't ask him why he made that final decision, but it came right after that. Right. Yes, it, it came at the tail end of camp. Yeah. Which she was thrilled about. So that is so encouraging. So how yeah. how does Megan feel now that she's she knows where she's going and mm-hmm. it kind of all came together? What do you think she's feeling right now? I, I, I she's thrilled. She's so relieved. What was nice is uh the day that she posted her commitment, um, the other commits did a FaceTime call with her. And so that was really sweet. She was very excited. And so now they, they talk pretty regularly. Um, and so, so she's, she's excited. And I think she really can now focus back on gymnastics too. I mean, not that you ever lose focus, you have to go in and train, but when you're juggling so many things, it, it can be overwhelming and exhausting, like you said. So I think there's a um, a relief that that is in place. And now she's looking forward to the season ahead. Mm-hmm. That's great. And if you could do it all over again, would you change mm-hmm. anything or do it differently? So I don't, I, I, I think what I would have done differently is I would have narrowed down. We only went to two camps and both of them are at Temple. So, because she knew that's where she wanted to go. And I, I guess I didn't know the value that camps could have Okay. early on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I knew they had value. You can get in the, we did it for baseball too, and get on the campus and work with the coach, but um, gymnastics has, um, it's a much smaller pool of athletes. And so it, I would have probably done a couple of other camps um, at her top three or five schools, maybe. Right. Right. Yep. I tell parents that all the time. And, you know, that's evolved. It used to be recruits didn't really go to camps that much. You know, they'd find them more Mm -hmm. at meets or at nationals and all those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. But now camps are, I think, one of the the number one ways to get recruited. Do you think that's happened since the pandemic? I think it's a variety of things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think um, 
camps in the past were more money makers for sure. At least mm-hmm. when I used to host camps at Oregon State, we used to host camps. We weren't thinking, okay, the recruits are all going to come to our camps at all. Like it was more of a rec pro. I mean, a lot of lower level kids, right? And now right. that schools are doing it and using it as a recruiting um, opportunity, that's what's created the competition. So mm-hmm. now they're saying, well, if you don't come to my camp, camp, I can't work with you. I can't talk with you now till your sophomore, after your sophomore year. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's way deep into their, and then recruiting just happens. It's like, bam, you know, the junior year, you better have gone to some of those camps that are right yeah. for you. And we didn't. And, and most families pick the wrong camps and they don't go, you know, they mm-hmm. don't really, or they go for fun. They think, oh, it'll be fun. Like, you know, I just had a little ninth grader the other day and she's like, you know, I go, which camps are you going to go to? And she goes, wherever my friends go. And that's okay. In ninth grade, I get nervous to say, you know, don't go with your friends because that's not going to be the same college you're going to go to. You're more talented. But, you know, I try to keep that balance as an advisor because some mm-hmm. of these kids need fun. They just need to have fun in the summer to stay in the sport, you know? So right. I'm constantly tasting that and figuring that out when I meet with them and so maybe go to one when you're really young, eighth grade, ninth grade, I say, with your friends. And then after that, you better be going to the ones that are going to fit you because then you only really have the one more summer, you know? Mm-hmm. So it goes by really fast, doesn't it? Oh, it does. It does. And I think I had the same thought that camps were more like fundraisers and, and you know, rec type of things. Yeah. So that was, you know, what I know now, if I knew then kind of thing. Um right. Yeah. Well, that's super helpful. Well, thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your experience. Boy, three generations now of girls doing, you know, gymnastics and now in college, you should be so proud of yourself too, as a parent. I am. Like you said in the beginning, man, it's a lot to navigate as a parent, you know? Yeah. And I would say that any, any, you know, athlete that's looking to make us a, a selection for a school, please keep all academics first and foremost, because Emmy changed her major three times in three years and still graduated. Um, my son who played baseball got, he, he got cut just before the, they flew South for um, spring training. And he, 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 he was devastated for, you know, a little, a short period, but what happened is he was able to play all the, the club teams. Um, he entered, uh, he was in business and he became the president of some company, spoke at MIT, and he went to five different countries and also graduated in three years. So because he didn't play the sport academically, his world opened. Oh my. Um, so I just would encourage, make sure it's the right academic. That gives me geographic the chills, what you just yeah. said. What yeah. Mm-hmm. That gives me the chills because- Everyone says division one scholarship, but look at what your son just went through and how it catapulted his life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the experiences he took from being an athlete, being discouraged from being cut, but then it just changed his whole trajectory. For the- right. Because he was in the right academic place okay. that he knew had opportunity. And so he just turned it over into a, you know, a different experience, which was life-changing for him really. Oh my gosh. Well, what a great family. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) All right, everybody. So um, 
if you're having any questions or you feel like your daughter's in this situation, especially if she's a 2023, don't give up. I think Megan and Kathy, as a parent, um, were a beautiful example of persevering. And we know 2023 is a tight year and there are definitely still going to be some openings that happen in the spring because of things like girls not returning to teams, injuries, unfortunately, that happen, or transfers. So stay in the game and try to stay as positive as you can. Help your, if they're gymnasts, help your daughters to be and have a voice and be a little more aggressive than they might might otherwise be naturally. And um, just hang in there and don't give up. So, all right, we'll see you at the next podcast, which is next, uh, this will be, um, we'll probably be branching out next week into the dead period because December 1 through 30th is coming up before we know it after the holidays here in Thanksgiving. So thanks so much for joining us here. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. If you're interested in Jill Hicks Consulting's advising services, head over to www.jhicksconsulting.com and click on the Get Started button to fill out your forms page. One of our advisors will give you a call. We're in your corner and we'll talk to you soon.